Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. God, we thank you for your word. God, your word that is immediately applicable, your word that is immediately relevant to our life today that is no less relevant from the time that it was originally spoken to the time that we have today. God, we ask that you would would shape us, mold us, break us down, and rebuild into who you would have us be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning we are going to continue on our journey through Jesus' instruction of how to pray. Sometimes when I'm looking at the Word of God, sometimes when I'm, I'm reading a verse that I've read, in this case, I've been reading the Lord's Prayer a lot over the past few days just to kind of, you know, pick up on different nuances and different things like that. And there's this, this specific verse that I've mentioned a few different times where this, this uh, disciple comes to Jesus and it kind of kicks off the whole thing and he says, Lord, teach us to pray. And sometimes it is so refreshing when there is just such a clear request and such a clear answer. Sometimes it's, it's so refreshing to see that, that it's okay to just to show up to, to God and you, you don't have to make sure that you're phrasing your request a specific way. You don't have to make sure that you're, you're sharing your, your information just right. I have to use these magic words, otherwise God's not going to hear me. If you think back to to when you were a kid, when you wanted something from from your parents, we would would always try to to work that that request in in a specific way because you knew you had to work it just right so that that you got it. At least that's what you thought, right? And and really the, the best way to get what you wanted was if it was their idea. And so you had to figure out, how, how do I make you think that this is your idea? And, and I think Eve has, has, at least she thinks she's figured out the, the magic formula for how to do this. And so she just comes right out to me and says, Daddy, I have a great idea. <laughs> okay. What's that, what's that great idea? You know what would be a great idea? I said, for you to clean your room for you to go finish your vegetables and no we should have some ice cream and she then says well okay yeah that seems like a great idea to me doesn't that seem like a great idea to you of course it's a great idea to you and because you want to have great ideas everybody does we should just do that right because it's a great idea But we do that. We, we don't think we do that. And, and sure, our, our creativity has maybe changed a little bit. It's advanced beyond the three-year-old version of that. But we do that. We, we come to God and we say, God, we have this great plan. I have the best idea. Wait till you hear it. You're going to love it. 
And we, we proceed to share our agenda. We proceed to share our checklist, the, the plan that we have. And we say, God, don't you think this is a great idea? So I think you should go clean your room. <laughs> but, but we don't have to have that type of interaction with God. We get to show up and we say, God, how do we pray? How do we do this? And, and he answers This request that we've been studying over the past few weeks is the result of lack in the person's life that asked it. Because it, it, really, think about it. Why would the person have asked, how are we supposed to pray? He asked because he didn't know how. He asked because obviously something was missing. He asked because, well, Jesus seems like he's doing it a lot better than I am. So maybe I should take a, a note from his book. Lord, teach us to pray. Not, hey, you know what would be a great idea? No, Lord, teach us to pray. Not, what if we do? No, it's not what if we do this. It's teach us to pray. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to receive from you. And so as we continue this study this morning, we're, we're picking up right where we left off in, in the, the study of lead us not into temptation. We need to be considering how direct this request was. How direct this request was to Jesus saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. This morning we're, we're talking about yet another reality. We talked about a, a number of different realities, that sin is a reality, that, that all of these different issues that exist in our life are a reality. And today we're talking about the reality of temptation we, we went over the, the reality of evil in this world, that the goal of the devil is to, to rob us of joy, to rob us of the, the power of our salvation and the freedom that we have. And, and once you do make that choice to move into a time of salvation, into the, that sacrifice that has been made for you, the goal shifts to then just making you question whether you are actually deserving of it. And so as we wake up every single morning after we've made that transaction, after we've said, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of my life. I am no longer sitting on the throne of my heart. I am choosing instead to allow you to sit there, to have control. We say, Heavenly Father, lead us not into temptation. In other words, protect me, Lord, from the things that I'm going to come against today. Lord, protect me because I know how powerful sin is. Protect me because I know how weak I am. God, I, I'm not praying that you would make me stronger. I'm praying that, that in my weakness, I would rely on your strength, that I would, would focus my, my hopes, my dreams, and my aspirations on you. God, I would rather avoid temptation if we could. But if we have to go into temptation, God, let me rely on your strength. And, and it's okay to say, God, I'd, I'd prefer we just not have to deal with this. And, and sometimes you, when we pray like that, it feels like, well, maybe, 
Maybe that's cheating. But it's not cheating. It's okay to have that as, as the desire of our heart that, that God, I don't want to go through this temptation. I don't want to go through the, this time of trial, this time of testing. And we know it's okay because Jesus prayed for it. When Jesus was in the garden, before he went to the cross, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, I would really love to not die on the cross. I'll do it anyway. I'll do it if that's what it takes. And so there's this kind of inevitable question that comes up. Why do we need to pray like this? Why, why do we need to pray, lead us not into temptation? God's not the one who's tempting us. God's not the, the author of temptation. He's not the one that, that puts all of this stuff in our way. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. If you look at Luke chapter 11, verse 4, it says, lead us not into temptation. So what are we asking? We need to know. We need to know because this is what Jesus said to pray. And if this is what Jesus said to pray, then we need to know what we're praying. And so part of the problem here is we sometimes get too churchy. Sometimes we try to read so much into the, the next three words of this. Oh, there's an is right there. No, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. What we're saying here, if we, we look at the translation, it's, it's purely, God, help me not to screw up. That, that's what this is. It's not anything super crazy, super difficult, super hard to understand. God, help me not to mess this life up that you have placed me in. Help me not to mess up as I put both feet on the floor and start focusing on my day. Help me so that I don't enter into temptation. I, I can't avoid it. Being tempted in and of itself is not a sin. It's when we, when we fall into temptation, when we, when we decide to do the thing that we're being tempted to do, that is when sin takes place. Don't let me get sucked into it. Don't let me get beaten up by it. Don't let it control my life. The fact of the matter is God uses testing in our life on a regular basis. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what the difference is between testing and temptation because there is a fine line that exists. And Jesus uses testing to improve us. If we look at the life of Abraham. Abraham has a, the perfect example for us to look at. God shows up to Abraham and he says, you're going to have a kid. Abraham says, great. I always wanted a kid. But you're going to have to wait. And in that waiting is the test. In that waiting is God testing Abraham. Do you trust me? 
Do you believe that I'm going to do the thing that I say I'm going to do? And in the midst of that test comes a temptation. And that temptation comes in the form of Abraham's wife, Sarah, coming to him and saying, hey, seems like this has taken a really long time. I have a great idea. Why don't you take my servant, you go sleep with her, she'll have a kid, and then you'll have a son. And Abraham, being the warm-blooded male that he is, says, sure, that seems like a great plan. Obviously not thinking about what happens when you have a wife already. And in the midst of that temptation, in, in Abraham choosing to go forward into that temptation, we see all of the brokenness that came from that. That, that trickles down even to today. The, the conflict that we see happening in Israel. The, the disaster and devastation that exists in the Middle East is all because of this. This one choice. But even though Abraham messed up, even though Abraham failed and, and fell to temptation, God wasn't finished with him. God wasn't done with him. God said, I, I have a plan for you. And your mistakes cannot get in the way of my plan for you. And that's what, that's what God has for us this morning. Our mistakes, the, the things that we mess up on, the things that we do wrong, cannot get in the way of God's plan for us. Amen? And so when we begin to wrestle with this distinction that exists where, where there is testing that takes place and then there's temptation that can come in the midst of that, when we pray, God, lead us not into temptation, we're saying, God, help us to do the things that you have called us to do. Help us so that we don't let the testing that is taking place in our lives, which comes from you, become a temptation that is used by the enemy. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the only way that you are going to be free from this type of interaction, the only way we are going to be free from temptation and testing is if you are dead. So that means we need to figure out how to get a handle on this. And so we say, God, if I'm, if I'm going through this test, this severe test, God, don't let me go through it without your power. God, don't let me go through this time of testing without your protection in my life. And the reason this is so important for us to remember, the reason this is so critical for our daily lives, it reminds us that temptation is always there. In Genesis chapter 4, the, the word of God says, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Sin is crouching at the door and it desires to have you. It's waiting to jump on us. It's, it's waiting to make us mess up. And how does the verse finish? But you must master it. 
That means that there is hope. There is a way forward. It means that this isn't just a a hopeless time where, where we are powerless to move forward. It means that we can master it, and we can master it with the help of Jesus Christ. But it takes effort, right? We can't just sit on the couch and say, lead me not into temptation. Well, okay, we prayed that. Good to go. Never going to have to deal with that one again. No, that's, that's not how it works, right? It, it takes effort on our part. We can't just say the words and, and think that it's magically going to happen. I like Ramon's apple pies. Best apple pies I've ever had. <laughs> if I had a whole box that was, that was full of a Ramon's apple pie, totally could eat it in one sitting. <laughs> totally could. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm saying, God, lead me not into, into temptation, help me not to be tempted to sit here and eat this Ramon's apple pie. Am, am I doing my part if I'm sitting there with the Ramon's apple pie sitting on my lap and I'm just stroking it like the ring in Lord of the Rings, like my precious? No. Of course not. Everybody that would look at that would say, you idiot, get rid of it. You're not supposed to just hang on to it. Sorry, that was a little peek into Matt Murish there. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, right? I mean, are, does this make sense? It, we're not supposed to just keep the stuff sitting on our lap. We're supposed to throw it away. It's supposed to get out of our life. And that's how we're proactively not being led into temptation. But when you say, well, no, I want to I just keep it right here. I'm not going to eat it, but I, I just want it to be right here. No, you can't do that. If we look at examples in the Bible of, of times where temptation existed, I mean, Joseph is the perfect example. Joseph in, is a slave in the, the house of a ruler in Egypt. His wife comes to try and, and seduce him, and he runs away. It's not, oh, no thanks. He runs. That's what we're supposed to do. When that stuff is coming up in our life, when that thing pops up on the screen that you weren't expecting to see as a man, and you're like, oh my goodness, you run away. When that temptation to maybe take advantage of a financial situation that you shouldn't be taking advantage of comes up, you don't just put it in your back pocket for a rainy day. You run away. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. Succumbing to it is sin. But there's another way that it can become sin. It can become sin when you just keep temptation hanging around. And you say, well, I'm, I'm not looking at that thing that I know I'm not supposed to look at, but I'm just going to keep it here so I can think about it. And so in, in our, our minds, we start reminiscing of that great time that we had in that temptation, in that, that sin that we committed. And pretty soon, we're, we're just painting the exact same picture that would have been in front of us in our heads. There's a, a very clear 
process that I found. And, and one author shared it very well. It says, when you sow a thought, you reap an action. And when you reap an action, or when you sow an action, you reap a habit. And when you sow a habit, you, you reap a character. And when you sow a character, you reap a destiny. And so if you follow that, it all starts with a thought. And sometimes it is so easy to to put our thought life on a shelf and say, well, that doesn't really matter very much. That doesn't affect me. Nobody else can hear it. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else can experience it. But the fact of the matter is the things that happen in our mind immediately come out in our everyday life. They come out in our actions, in becoming habits eventually changing and shaping the character of who we are and who we will become. It's important. And so we can't play with sin. We can't play with temptation. We can't keep it in our lap. It has to be gone. We have to throw it away. We have to run away. And it's so hard in the world that we live in It's hard because the world that we live in is fallen. The world that we live in has sin in it. We've talked about that a lot, and I'm not going to keep banging that drum. We all know sin is real. It exists here in this world. It exists in our lives. You can't can't look at an ad for tires (laughs) without sometimes finding something that is completely inappropriate for you to be looking at. You can't stand in the checkout aisle at Safeway without seeing gossip magazines that are terrible. But the fact of the matter is not only is temptation a reality, the the last point that I want to cover this morning is that victory is also a reality. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 If If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The temptations that we face are not new. The the difficulties that you encounter on a day-to-day basis are not new because other people are dealing with those exact same things. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man is what the Bible says. So don't start down the road of, well, if you would have seen what I saw, if, if you would have experienced what I experienced, you would have been in this issue too. So what? We're we're called to run away from those things. God is faithful. And because God is faithful, he will never let us be tempted beyond what we can bear, right? That's what the Bible says. And and it says, well, well, you don't understand what, what I went through. There was no way I could have. That's not true. That is a a lie to make yourself feel better, if we're just being completely honest. It wasn't unbearable. It was attractive, you bet. Was it something that you really wanted to do in the moment? Sure. But every single instance that I have have fallen to to temptation in my life, it has been because I wanted to do it. 
but God will not let us be tempted beyond what I can bear. And he will always provide a way of escape. In Christ, we have victory. In Christ, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, we have an escape. God provides that way of escape. And it it may be that he is obstructing the power of that temptation in our life. It may be that he chooses to liberate us from wanting to do that thing. He may provide an obstacle that stops us from being able to, to fall to that temptation. He may divert our interests, change what we're, what we're interested in. He may move us to a new job. He may move you across the world. He may take you to heaven. And that's how temptation is addressed in your life. but he will never let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. And Jesus Christ is so powerful that he is able to call Satan off at a moment's notice. And if we look at Job, where he's wrestling in this this world of losing all of his stuff, right? He loses all of his stuff. He loses his wife. He loses his children. God wasn't surprised This wasn't a matter of of Satan winning and God just watching from the bleachers. This was God granting permission so that Job could go through a test. And in the end, at the end of that test, Job stands up and he says, even though he may slay me, yet I will trust him. Even though I have no idea how this is happening in my life, even though I don't understand what is going on, even though this seems unbearable, I know that my Redeemer lives and that I will be with him. Heavenly Father, as we come to a close this morning, as we come to this time where we pray, this time where we come together, we, we meet in small groups, we share needs that exist in our life. God, we come and we pray and say, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Worthy are you to be praised. God, we wanna see your kingdom come here today in this place in my heart as it is in heaven. God, I, I want to see you provide the way that you provide. Help me not to rely on the things that that I feel like I need, but help me to rely on your provision, your daily bread in my life. God, forgive me of the things that I do wrong and, and help me to forgive those that have done wrong things to me. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would, would protect us from temptation. God, that you would, would be with us in the midst of testing. And if at all possible, Lord, that we would, would not have to go through those things. But as we do, that we would rely on your power and your strength in the midst of our own weakness. Heavenly Father, we, we sing it week after week that your grace is enough. Your grace is enough to cover the multitude of of issues and mistakes that exist in my life. Heavenly Father, we come this morning, we ask that you would move mightily in areas of temptation that exist in our life, that you would help us to, to walk through this minefield that exists. God, that you would 
move in areas of provision that need moving, God, that you would move in areas of healing where we need to see healing. God, we come this morning and we, we ask that you would make yourself known in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 